Come live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. All right, welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. I apologize for running over, but we had a great show in the first hour at 6 p.m. Let me welcome in my co-hosts, Duck Riley and Tim Moore. Gentlemen, how are you? I want to hear about Uncle Louie. <laughs> I'm doing well, Princess. <laughs> Awesome, awesome, awesome. Let's welcome in everywhere, everybody. All right, Doc, I'm going to open your mic first. It was a good West Virginia uh, weekend, was it not? It was a good weekend. You know, we're doing our thing. If it wasn't for that Penn State team, we'd be undefeated. Hey, Princess, Doc hit me up that night talking about what, who's Sean trying to be, Leon Lett? <laughs> I sure did. I was like, "Get away, John!" <laughs> With the block, just, 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 a quick, <laughs> just a quick interesting fact. Um, you know, West Virginia—they scored the most points against Penn State uh, this year, as far as teams they played. So I'm just saying. Okay, you've been saving that, right? You want Okay. <laughs> There we go. That's all the West Virginia Mountaineers stuff we have. All right. That's all we got, well, Harris, yeah. how are you? I'm fine. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing good, sir. Doing good. All right. Who else do we have here? Carlos Bradley, how are you, sir? Thank you for the first hour. Oh, good. Thank you for having me. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And tall, light-skinned brother Larry Tisdale, how are you, sir? <laughs> What's going on, family? Listen, I realize that when I get on, I need to give salutations to the to the three wise folks, and as Bucking the Preacher and Pam Greer. So I just wanted to say hello to everybody. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> we we back to Bucking the Preacher, and we included uh, him more in that one. Wow! <laughs> Duck, I'm gonna throw it to you and Tim on that one. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're we're gonna stay we're gonna stay with Larry. Come on, Larry, what you got for us? Open mic. What's what's happening? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking way in the future. Um, I, I'm I'm wondering what we've got all these blue chippers losing and not playing well, Alabama and some others. I'm wondering how the rankings are going to be towards the playoff. And you know, will Alabama jump over a Washington or something like that? So I've got to, or Clemson, uh, you know, or you know. Should undefeated Oklahoma be up there? Uh, so I've got my eyes on, you know, what this playoff system is going to look like or not look like. Um, and I'm hoping this year that maybe we get some new teams in there because typically when you're in the top four or five, that's it. Top four or five, you know, if you just do what you're supposed to do, you're in the playoff system. So I, I'm really interested to see what it would look like this year. Love to see some new blood. I uh, Will Harris, open mic, what you got for yeah, I don't believe in moral victories, but I'll make an exception this week with uh, Colorado. I mean, look at the young players that uh, came out, made that comeback. Uh, Shador's the real deal. We saw Cormani McLean, that freshman, come in and play well. So I love what Dion's building there. I don't think we'll see the immediate national contention this year, but look out for this team over the next two, three years. 
All right, Doc, what you got for us? Open mic. Well, well, clearly the the Broncos defense is you know far from the orange crush with Randy Gratishaw and Tom Jackson, but um, I was glad to see Justin Fields play better this week. I think he was twenty eight out of thirty five, four touchdowns, you know, minus the fumble and the interception. But yeah. I think you know consensus with the pundits was that you know he was a bum, and you know clearly if if he plays poorly again, the narrative will probably be the same. But at least for a week. He can walk around with his head, head up high with, with some deep dish pizza. So, well, Doc, I, don't know if you've seen, seen, I don't know if you've seen the, uh, the memes, uh, but uh, they had uh, Caleb Williams in a Chicago Bears uniform. So, oh, wow. I, <laughs> I, 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 I for a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Francis, open mic. What you got? Doc, I really don't have much. I'm actually going to go with Doc was talking about and that is um Denver Broncos and um and, and Chicago Bears. And and the Chicago Bears were up and the, the one thing I said is that Russell Wilson couldn't afford to lose that game, not against the winless Bears. Or I think that really Sean Payton would have gotten rid of him, his office and sent the family family on. So um, you know, I I was happy to see him win one and maybe get back on it. And if you t- take a look at it you know, um, Geno Smith is performing better um, than Russell Wilson. What what does that say? And I could get into the Jets, but I'm going to save that for a little bit later. Okay, so, Princess, you, you said a mouthful right there, Geno Smith. But okay, all right, Tim, open mic. <laughs> yeah, I um, I was uh, on the thread with a bunch of guys that I played college ball with, and 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 I, I always get really irritated. Um, and one of the things that happened was when Brock Bowers uh, on that last Georgia touchdown scored, had a great series there with a couple of big catches, and uh, and he's a great one. Uh, but somebody made this statement, he may be the best ever to play college football. <laughs> and, and, and that just drives me up the wall when I hear that, you know, because a lot of times, and these guys should know better because they have a little history. And it was I was I was gratified that one of the other guys on the other thread immediately said, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. You're old enough to remember Kellen Winslow. You're old enough to remember uh-huh. Jeremy Stockey. Um, so you know, uh, but that just drives me up the wall. Too many people use that phrase. That and future Hall of Famer. Um, I mean, come on. Let's let's let the guy's career play out a little bit before we start making those kind of value judgments. So, so you didn't like Acho Cinco's uh, jacket that time? No, no, Ocho Cinco. <laughs> you know who's who's even talking about him now? <laughs> he was just Carlos. inducted into the Cincinnati Bengals Hall of Fame. Was he? Was he not this yeah. past weekend? Oh yeah, yeah. Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. <laughs> so they're talking Carlos. about Cincinnati. Open mic, Carlos. What you got for us? I I have a problem with Chris Sims, the announcer. Oh wow! How, how does the announcer say that Jalen Hurts should be hurt? Like, if you're in a pile, you should try to take him out. Or I forget actually how he said it, but it just seems rude, disrespectful, and unnecessary. Like, how do you say you you were a quarterback? You played. You played bad, but you played. But how do you say 
Dick Dillon hurts. If you're in a pile, you should hurt him. I mean, you know, players get fined for things. I think this announcer should be reprimanded for even putting that out there like that. That was just rude, ignorant, and unnecessary. I didn't even hear that. Me either. Well, I'm glad you didn't, Larry. You don't found him over the weekend. (laughs) I wanted to stay with you, Carlos. What's, What's your top five this weekend? All right, I got some shaking up to Uh-oh. do over here. Thank you. Thank you. We, I got Ohio State one Ooh. based on strength of of play and coming up in their big win against Notre Dame. I got Texas two beating Alabama puts them up there also. I got Georgia as a defending champ holding on but still not looking that good. I got Penn State beating everybody by 20 points and looking good in that fashion. And I'm finishing up the top five with Florida State. Okay. All right, Larry, what you got for us? Oh, you may, I just, I'm looking at mine, and I realize i got to make a flip here too. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I drop a, a, a Ohio State after their showing. Um, they got lucky on that one. Uh, I was hoping uh, uh, Notre Dame could pull that one off. I got Michigan at number one. Uh, they did what they need to. Number two. Uh, you were breaking up, Larry. Texas. Start over again. Uh, uh, start uh, over again. I got. And I'm sorry. Again. You were breaking up. Yeah. Yeah. I got uh, Michigan at number one. Texas at number two. Nope. Nope. I got Penn State at number two. Texas at three. Washington at four. And Georgia comes in at five. One, two, three, four. Ohio State comes in at five. Huh. Wow. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. What you got for us, Doc? So, I'm not going to penalize Georgia, even though they're they haven't shown a lot, but they still, you know, undefeated. Then I got uh, I got Michigan, and I got Texas, and I got Ohio State, and I got Washington. Precious. Well, I'm penalizing Georgia for sure. At least Doc didn't put West Virginia in his top five. I was waiting on that one. Um, I have Texas number (laughs) Texas at one, Michigan two, Georgia three, Ohio State four, Penn State five. We are. We are. All right, Tim. Um, Mine's only changed minorly. Uh, I still got Georgia number one. I, I feel they're the champs until they get beat. Uh, Texas number two. I've got Penn State at number three and Florida State at number four. Last week I had Florida State three and Penn State four. And then uh, Washington at number five. Okay. All right. Uh, coming to you, Will, what you got for us? I'm going to still keep Georgia at number one. I'll go Michigan number two, Florida State Number three, I'll put Texas at number four. And I'm going to put Washington at number five. I'm just a big believer in Michael Penix and what they're doing. Okay, I'm going to stay right with you, uh, Will, because I want to know if these teams are pretenders or contenders. I got USC, the Kitty Cats, and Oklahoma. Okay, so North Carolina, I'll say they're a contender. I think they're well in that mix for the ACC along with uh, – 
Florida State and Miami. Uh, they got probably the best quarterback in that conference, so I'll put them as a contender. Uh, Penn State, I'll also say a contender. I think they're, um, what they've been missing historically was offense in that quarterback position. I think they've solved that. So, I mean, they look better than they have in recent years. So I think they'll contend in that conference. I'll say Oklahoma's a pretender. I think uh, Texas will beat them up pretty good this week. Okay. Uh, Tim. Yeah, I'm pre- I feel fairly similarly. Um, I think UNC's for real. Um, I think, you know, Mac Brown's a great recruiter, and it takes him a couple of years to get his players in, but he's always had talented ball, ball teams, uh, even when he was at North Carolina the first time. I think uh, Penn State is the best team in the Big Ten, in my opinion, um, and I think we'll see that in the next few weeks. And then, uh, But Oklahoma, I think, is a pretender. I think they're going to get smacked around this week. Okay. Francis? I'll say that UNC, and we always have them on here as a pretender contender. I, I think they're a contender in the a- ACC because I think that's a solved conference this, this year. Um, so I'm going to put them a contender there. I think the Kitty Cats, the Nittany Lions, are a contender nationally, and I, I think they can end up in the Final Four. Oklahoma um, has got to go to the Red River ri- rivalry, and um, I, I think they get beat by Texas. I think they're a good team. So I'm going to say they're a pretender. So contender, contender, pretender. All right, Carlos. I got UNC as uh, as a pretender. Um, <laughs> I got Penn State as a contender. I think they're a strong team. Quarterback has proven to be able to make some plays along with their strong running game and defense. And Oklahoma, they got a lot of speed. They got a lot of ability, but I think Texas is going to play some real ball with them, and I think they're a pretender also. Okay, Larry. Ooh, boy, I got to mix this up. Um, I, I think, and I think Princess mentioned this, that UNC is a contender in the ACC. Um, I'm, I don't think that they're ready for the national level yet, but I do believe in what they're doing where they're at right now. Penn State, I think, as most of us have talked about, is probably a top five team in most of ours. And I'm going way back for this Oklahoma Texas. I've been waiting for this for a long time. I've been an Oklahoma fan in the back uh, back in the day. I think Oklahoma um, uh, pulls this one off and starts to, starts to be known again. So I got, you know, UNC, I got a contender, at least, you know, on the local level. Penn State, absolutely, they'll probably be in the – four or five right now. And I like Oklahoma to, to upset Texas. Okay. Uh, I want to come to you, Doc, because, you know, the, the kitty cat, uh, the strength of schedule was <laughs> because of the Mountaineers. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I think, uh, like, like Princess said, I think Carolina is uh, a contender in ACC, but not nationally. Um, Penn State is a contender. Um, as Will mentioned, I think the quarterback play has been holding them back um, for years. They always got to have a good run game and defense, so I have to put them as a contender. And then Oklahoma, I'll say a contender for now. Um, you know, obviously got a big test of the Red River rivalry. But, you know, Venables is a defensive guy, so the defense last year was terrible. Um, but they seem to be making some strides this year, and they still have that kind of offense. Um and plus, you know, they, they, they definitely have something to prove 
I think the game last year was like 49 to nothing. I think, you know, Texas got all up in them. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Okay, I'm going to stay with you, Doc, because I want to talk a little bit about that USC-Colorado game. First half versus second half. You know, I, I was watching the game, and, um, you know, USC scored so easily early on. I was like, ah, oh, this was like going to be Oregon all over again. And then, uh, you know, Colorado started making some strides, and then uh, and then it came out in the second half, and, then, you know, it's a similar thing early on. And um, I thought they were going to be too – Oklahoma's going to be – Colorado's going to be too far behind. But, like, I think like somebody mentioned, um, Shadour, he, he's a dude. And it's obvious that that um, that Dion's got skill players. but as, And he said, it, you know, in interviews too, that he needs some, some up-front guys. So I think once he gets that together, um, they're definitely going to be something to reckon with because, you know, most of their guys are young, um, you know, except for Shadour. So – um, it was, a, you know, definitely interesting games, always entertaining. Seems like every week in Colorado, one way or the other. Okay, I want to jump to you, Larry, because uh, Colorado replaced 78 with 69, and I thought he just changed numbers, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I talked about this earlier. Uh, I think what Dion in Colorado is doing Probably, I, I, I'm trying to think of the last seismic uh, shift of something happening at college football, um, and I'm not even sure how far back I need to go. But what he is doing, you know, I relate, he is changing the way recruiting is done. This season, every game that he plays this year is for two years from now. Two years from now, he, he, he plays for the national championship. He'll be in the playoff system. Uh, what he is doing with them and his kids and having those kids believe having America believe they've been on, they've been on national and pulling in, you know, millions and millions of viewers, the most popular game every single week. And for the Heisman to come in and go toe to toe, which um, was pretty impressive. We talked about this earlier. He's a different kind of a quarterback. I thought the first half, I thought he was a little nervous. I was throwing the ball some places I hadn't seen him throw this year. Um, and he came out second half, seemed to have got himself together, and then started picking them apart. Um, I know that defense is typically a little poor. Uh, second half, he shredded them, and if he had the ball last, I, I think they would have went down and scored. Uh, what Dion and they are doing, um, this looks like the Atlanta Falcons back in the day, but I think this changes the way recruiting uh, will be happening, and in three years they play for the national team. Okay, uh, Carlos. I thought this was going to be a, a high-scoring game. I thought because of the skill level of Colorado and USC that they would match up that way. Um, when USC came out and got the big lead, you know, I just didn't know what to think because it was still the first half. In the trenches is where things are decided, and I thought that's where USC would have the advantage, um, which which it proved that they did. But I think what Dion really is doing is he brought together 60 kids, and before they leave that school, they're going to be 60 men. 
because they're making men. He's building character. He's giving, building depth of person. He's showing them how to persevere, to overcome, to work together, all the positive things of being on a football team. That's what's happening, not quitting. I mean, they were right there. They could have just said it at halftime, okay, we're done. We lose by 60 again. But they fought tooth and nail to the last kick. They were in the game. So he's building men, which is what we need uh, him to do, and I think that's great. Okay, I will. Just to tell us two halves, I thought USC's offense was as explosive as advertised in the first half. Uh, Caleb Williams has a big arm. They protected him well. Uh, They just kind of jumped out in front of Colorado, but I think you saw the resilience of this team in the second half. They're playing hard for their coach. He let some young guys get in that haven't been playing, uh, contributing much earlier in the year. Uh, Cormani McLean, the cornerback, uh, that wide receiver, I thought was dominant. So he's got a good young core that's going to be here to stay for the next two, three years. Wait till they get Travis Hunter back as well. Um, and they, you know, they came back and fought all the way to the end. So uh, credit to them. I think they showed that they belong in the nation's uh, best teams now. After that, showing against Oregon, especially now they come back against a top ten team and. There was one possession away from possibly tying or winning this game. So just keep building, doing what they're doing. I think they'll be a force in this uh, college football for a while. Okay, Larry, what was you going to say, Larry? Yeah, you know, Carlos brought up a really good point. Um, sometimes our kids go to college and they go to college to be football players and may not get the rest of the skills that they need to be good men. Um, I just wanted to point out uh, that what I saw Travis Hunter do. Um, that young man from the other squad, Colorado State, was getting death threats. Uh, Deion said he had nothing to do with it when he called them in to almost squash the peace on the national level, let them know he, he never blamed that young man for taking a dirty shot or anything like that. And I thought that was a heck of a lot of character. Yeah. I, Tim. Um, in my uh, best Dennis Green voice, uh, as far as USC is concerned, <laughs> they are who we thought they were. They, are. Um, I, they reminded me of that bowl game against Tulane last year where they got out to the big lead and fooled around and, and lost it at the end of the game. And I sort of thought that was what's going to happen um, after watching that comeback. Uh, but on the other hand, so uh, and, I'll, and I'll say that to say that I don't think their defense is good enough for them to be in the playoffs. I don't think that's a that's a playoff caliber defense. Um, having said that, though, Colorado was impressive uh, in the second half. Um, I was not expecting that out of them, and uh, I was impressed with what they did. Um, not a big fan of Dion's, and I'm not on the bandwagon yet, but uh, they they were impressive, and uh, I think he's doing some really good things there at Colorado. Okay. Yeah, could uh, I just add one little thing? Go ahead. Could I just add it real quick? We, um, you know, we've all pointed out that the line play is very important. You've talked about the left tackle. Um, they've already announced that Warren Sapp was going to be joining the staff. I think yeah. that was to nationally say, hey, big guys, let's come learn from another big guy. Now, Warren Sapp has done some silly things in his life also, but what he's been doing is breaking down film, talking, studying, working on players, and I think that's going to be where he's going to get the national attention of linemen 
coming to Colorado. And, and I heard too, Carlos, that he's going back to college to get his degree. You know, during the yeah. off season. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. impressive. That's good. And hey, hey, Tim, and I wanted to let you know, uh, speaking on behalf of uh, the the prime time uh, fan club, we only have <laughs> we only have two seats left. So I'm just saying. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow, there's more seats than that. Um, you know, I actually abandoned the game in the first half and okay. and then came back to it in the second half and, and, and thought that um, uh, you got to give these, these guys a lot of credit. The coaches and the players, they didn't give up. And, you know, in the fourth quarter, and they had a chance to win it. Um, I thought they had a couple drives to stall in the fourth quarter that maybe could have given them some more time. But once that last one, um, I think it, they got a touchdown from that. I, I, USC ran out uh, ran out the clock. But um, kudos to um, Colorado, and um, let's see what they can happen. They have Arizona next and then Stanford, um, which I think those are winnable games, and then I want to see what they do against UCLA. They're going to beat them. But, okay. All right, Precious. Uh Staying right with you, let's talk about a little bit about that Notre Dame and, and Dukies, the Dukies. <laughs> well, I, I think several said that, that Duke could win this game. And, um, you know, I like Sam Hartman. I like Marcus Freeman and what Notre Dame is doing. I'll leave it there. Okay. Uh, if Will, I know Will is in at the airport. Will, are you still with us? Because we want to know what you thought about Duke and Notre Dame. Um, Will okay. is gone. Okay. All right, uh, Carlos, Duke, Notre Dame. This was the biggest game, football game in Duke history. On campus, huge. Uh, Duke has some athletes. I mean, they got some athletes. They got some secondary guys, some receivers. The running back, the quarterback ain't no joke either. Uh, I hope he'll be okay. Yeah. He, did, he did get hurt at the end of the game. But um, Notre Dame came out really strong, looked like it was going to be a blowout, and credited Duke once again. They were able to stay right there. Their defensive line played well. So they got big guys playing well. They got skill guys. I mean, they were right there the whole time, and and Notre Dame, which is why they weren't in my top five, just by the skin of their teeth, held on to that, to win that. So um, hats off yeah. to them. I want Coach Freeman, and I know Sam Hartman personally, you know, great guy, great kid, great story. But um, I think they, something is, they still need a little tweak somewhere. I don't know where it is. It's a deep threat. I'm not quite sure. But Duke is right there. Right. Okay. Larry. Yeah. Of course. Larry, you're breaking up, Larry, really bad. You can hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. Yes? Okay. Um, Yeah, I thought this was quite possibly a trap game uh, for Notre Dame uh, coming off. Uh, And and, and like so many have said, Duke could have easily won this there. They do have some talent that they haven't had in the past. Um, But to see uh, Freeman and his guys not give up, and I do like Hartman, 
uh, I, I do think he'll be a high jersey in New York for the Heisman. Um, but to see his kids not give up, and sometimes you need to win games like that in order to move on to the next level. And I think and hope that's what Freeman and his, his guys did. Um, I was I was happy to see that they didn't go. They had some resolve. They played to the end. And I think that's part of uh, what the coaches have done for that team. Okay. Uh, Doc. Yeah, I think, I mean, as everybody mentioned, I mean, it was a, you know, hard-fought game, a lot similar to uh, the previous week with, um, you know, Notre Dame and Ohio State. But, you know, I think Duke just, they kind of missed some opportunities uh, to win that game. I think they missed like two field goals, which would have, you know, made a difference. And um, and I, I think, you know, I think they've come a long way as far as, uh, you know, thoughts of how Duke was in the past. And, um, you know, I guess there's no nece- not necessarily more, any moral victories, but you know, they hung in there. And, I, you know, I, I can see them the rest of the season, uh, you know, having a good rest of their season. Um, I'll try to keep this quick. Um, as I said last week, I think this is the best Notre Dame team I've seen in, in several years. Um, and I, and I don't think any differently, uh, now I think that was, a, you know, they, they didn't play their best ball, but coming off that big win, I mean, the big, uh, game against uh, Ohio state where they outplayed Ohio state and, but lost the game. I thought they bounced back, you know, adequately. Um, and I'm like Carlos. Duke's a good football team. I thought they were playing over their head when they played Clemson and was just a fluke. That's a good football team. Okay. Tim, I'm going to stay right with you because we could be quick on Syracuse and Clemson. I also want to go Syracuse, Clemson, and Tennessee, I mean, Rocky Top, I'm sorry, and South Carolina. Um, Clemson, just better personnel than Syracuse. Uh, Syracuse played hard, but Clemson's just better. I mean, they're four and five stars everywhere on the, on the field, so I wasn't surprised at that. Um, Tennessee and South Carolina, um, same thing, better personnel. Um, the, just, you know, they were, they were singing Rocky Top all night. <laughs> okay. Uh, Francis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um... Yeah, everybody picked Tennessee except for me. I, I thought that South Carolina looked rattled. I thought that um, Spencer Rattler looked rattled or not in um, sync for sure. Um, so it was, a, it was a good win by Tennessee, and I agree, better talent than than South Carolina. What was the other one, Duck? Uh, Clemson and Syracuse. Oh, yeah. Um, I was rooting for Dino Babers. It just didn't happen. So, And I agree there. Clemson had the better talent, and uh, they, they won the game. Oh. Okay. Let's go to Doc. Yeah, I I agree. You know, t- Tennessee at home, you know, I, I think I picked them that, you know, South Carolina wasn't going to beat them in, in, in um, Neyland Stadium. But, they, you know, they hung in there in the first half, um, you know, relatively or maybe the first quarter. But, uh, you know, kind of things got to get away from them. Um, and then in the Clemson-Syracuse um, game, I actually thought that Syracuse would have a better chance against them, especially playing at home. But, uh, you know, I guess Clemson's pedigree kind of showed up. And, um, you know, they were the better team and used to playing those bigger, bigger games. So, Ultimately, I think that played out. Okay, yeah. Uh, 
I'm coming to you, Carlos, but I, I picked Syracuse and Dino let me down again. But anyway, uh, those two games, Carlos. Well, you know, I picked Syracuse also because Syracuse plays uh, Clemson the last couple years really tough. They should have beat them yeah. last year. And yeah. finally, um, Clemson looked like Clemson because when Clemson played Duke this year, I thought Duke looked like Clemson and Clemson looked like Duke. <laughs> but Clemson finally looked like Clemson and looked like some athletes showed up and uh, they played and, and looked like themselves. Uh, as far as South Carolina and Tennessee, I picked Tennessee. Um, I thought Joe Milton would have a big game. He didn't really. Um, one touchdown, two interceptions. He didn't really. They ran the ball well, um, and I think that's really where the biggest difference was. But, um, you know, Tennessee and South Carolina both had been which team is going to show up. And clearly the good Tennessee team showed up and the in-doubt South Carolina team showed up. Okay. Uh, Larry. Yeah, 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 Carlos just hit it for me, too. Uh, we weren't sure which South Carolina was going to show up. Um, and to see Rattler not really play as well was somewhat disappointing. Uh, Tennessee, we had an idea, you know, that they could play, and they finally did show up uh, to, to finally play. And and older Milton didn't have a great game. I think his presence back there uh, changed everything. You know, he had the ability to put the ball and run with it and put it in the air long distance. So, I thought that changed everything for him. And as far as the uh, Syracuse-Clemson game, yeah, that's uh, it was just different engines. Uh, Clemson started hitting on all cylinders. Syracuse just doesn't have the have the uh, skilled players or players even in the trenches in order to play with Clemson, especially when Clemson is playing that well. So, unfortunately, they ran away with this early, just by 21 seconds. Okay. Uh... All right, Tim, on you, Tim. Only game that shouldn't be on that, Tim, is Washington and uh, UCLA. Doc just told me that one is October the 14th. First mistake I ever okay. made. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tim. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, let's look, uh, let's look at this week's uh, games pretty quickly. Um, uh, young Tagovailoa uh, playing against uh, Ohio State. Uh, what do you think of Doc? You know, I, I, uh, I mean, they're right here in my backyard, and I was – Flipping around, uh, I guess on Saturday, uh, and I saw them playing against Indiana, and I'm like, "Oh, they're actually undefeated." I, I didn't even know they were that, you know, that good as far as their their record. But uh, I think, you know, if it was in College Park, you know, maybe I give them Maryland a puncher's chance. But you know, playing in the shoe and the Buckeyes, I mean, they're coming off a bye. Um, I'm sure they cleaned up some things after the Notre Dame win. Um, I think it's a tall task for. Uh, for the Terps, so give me the Buckeyes. Uh, Larry, uh, um, Maryland's done this the past few years. Uh, they uh, they did one, jumped out to an undefeated record a few years ago and ran up against Penn State and got their doors blown off. And then they ran up uh, in Columbus a few years ago. And so Iowa State did the same thing. What are you thinking? Uh, they got the Tagovailoa with them this time. Um, what, what's your thoughts? You know, he can ball. And, you know, a lot of people may not know, but until you watch the, an NFL game, but Maryland has some athletes on this, on this squad every year. Yeah. Um, they can really play athletically. Um, their issue is going to be playing in the horseshoe. 
the bye week, and I don't know if they can sustain Ohio State needing to put up a, a, a good showing. Um, again, I think somebody mentioned if this was in you know College Park, I could say, man, this could be a toss up. I can go with Maryland. Um, I'll root for Maryland, but I don't think that they can run with them there, uh, not for four quarters. Princess, what are your thoughts, uh, Maryland going to Ohio State? Yeah, five weeks. I think they're they're 5-0, and oh, so fear the turtle, but they they got to play the Buckeyes. So, um, um, but I, they've done this, as you said, Tim, and maybe Larry said it too. They jumped out there like there's a couple years um, and then kind of fade at the end. I, I'm hoping – that they can play strong against um, Ohio State. And even if they win, I would love to see that. But I'd like to see Loxley continue the success. And I I like young Tua. Okay. Uh, Carlos, what do you think of Maryland going into Ohio State? I think it's time for Ohio State to look like the Ohio State we think they could be. Um, I think it's time for Marvin Harrison Jr. to have a – I'm the best player in the country kind of game, and it could be this week because Maryland shows a lot offensively, but they got some holes defensively. Uh, did I say that right? They have, they shoot good signs offensively. They have some holes defensively. And so I think it'll be somewhat of a shootout, at least for the first half, but then I think Ohio State just takes off on them. Duck, what are you thinking, uh, Maryland going to Columbus? I think the slow skis are going to get beat by Ohio State. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me stay with you. Red River rivalry. Uh, they meet at the fairgrounds in Dallas every year, Oklahoma and Texas, and they're both undefeated this time. Okay. I, I don't like – I'm like Princess. I'm going to be petty. I don't like either one of them. Get out the big 12. I'm hoping that it will go into a tie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, Doc. Uh, what are you thinking, Red River rivalry? Um, so you know, Texas obviously has the better win um, of the two teams beating Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Um, so I think they're probably a little bit more confident than maybe OU. But as I mentioned before, I mean, you know, OU got beat down last year, so they're definitely out for revenge. So I think they'll they'll hang in there, but. Um, I think ultimately Texas is going to win their close one. Okay, Carlos, a big rivalry game, uh, you know, up, up there with Ohio State, Michigan, and uh, Auburn, Alabama, uh, Oklahoma, and Texas. What do you think? Yeah, well, it's big again. It hasn't been big for about the last eight or ten years. Both teams have had their troubles. But I think this is a, is that year that it's big again. Um, both are playing well. I think it's going to come down to trenches and quarterback play. And I'm going to give the nod to Texas. I think they just speed strength. I think they'll do it. Um, But it should be a really good game. Probably the best in like the last eight years. Okay. Princess, what are you thinking? Uh, Old Southwest Conference uh, rivalry, but they're coming into the SEC next year. Are they trying to make a statement and who's going to do it? Yeah, I get to not be petty this time. That's on duck. Um, I'm rooting for the the Longhorns, but I do like what Venables has done. I think this is year two, if I'm not mistaken. So, right. But um, yeah. I think Texas, the Longhorns look good, and they found a replacement in Brooks um, to replace B. John Robinson, um, and he looks good. So I think Texas wins this one. 
Larry Tisdale, what are you thinking? Red River Shootout. Yeah. Um, boy, I love Oklahoma, what Oklahoma's doing in its second year there. But Texas probably, like as Princess just mentioned, they just reload. And they finally seem to have a system yeah. where everybody can play and show off. And, and all they did was replace. And uh, Ewers is uh, at quarterback is playing better than I expected. Um, so to, for Oklahoma to go down to Texas and beat them, it's a tall pass. They keep it close. If they keep that within two touchdowns, I think they will be doing well. That Texas going away with this. Okay, let me stay with you, Larry. Um, Notre Dame's going to Louisville this week, I believe. And um, <laughs> this Cardinals, are they going to South Bend or are they playing in Louisville? No, it's in Louisville. Yeah, they're playing in Louisville. Um, mm-hmm. This this uh, Cardinals team up until this past week had been very explosive on offense, and Notre Dame's look good as well. Um, if they're going to have a chance at a national uh, playoff run, uh, they got to get this game. But Louisville's no pushover. What are you thinking? Boy, I'm a, I'm a Notre Dame fan, but let me tell you, I like Louisville. Especially if you got to go down there and play them. Uh, I think they're more athletic than Notre Dame is. <clears throat> uh, they don't have the quarterback, uh, but their quarterback down there is really mobile. Mm-hmm. Tough place to play. I think that place is going to be rocking this weekend. And, you know, I mentioned after the, you know, the first loss and, and the near victory against Duke, this could be that trap game that they walk into. So um, I have an upset with uh, uh, this weekend with Louisville winning. Well, Doc Basil, um Louisville, uh, you know, jumped all over Boston College the week after they uh, almost beat Florida State. Uh, it didn't look great this week, but, um, you know, what are you thinking there? Got Notre Dame in town. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I think that Louisville is a little bit like Maryland and Cincinnati, you know, they're 5-0, and but they they really haven't played anybody. I was actually looking right. at their schedule. Um, so I, I think Notre Dame's a little bit more battle-tested. Um I think Louisville will keep it close early um, because of the crowd and being at home. But I think uh, I think Notre Dame's talent and uh, experience will kind of win out, and I think they'll get them in, in the end. Okay, Carlos, what are you thinking, uh, Notre Dame going into Louisville? I think this could be a setup game for Notre Dame because you come out of Ohio State, you know, you could have won. You end up beating Duke, but two hard-fought games, two hard-fought games, and yeah. then you run into a Louisville with strength of schedule, not so much, but feeling like, hey, we might have a shot here, and we're home. So I think it's going to be closer than we think. I think Notre Dame will pull it out, but you know, it's it's this is three. It's going to be three tough weeks in a row for them. Okay. Princess, uh, Carlos makes a good point. Notre Dame's schedule is pretty tough this year. Um, but if they're going to make the playoffs, that's how they're going to get there. Um, ooh, they got a test this week. What are you thinking? Yeah, you know, I, I watched Louisville, and I think they're talented. And, and I think Notre Dame better bring their A game and not get yeah. behind. I think thought Louisville struggled a little bit with North Carolina State, but they won in the end. Um, but this one, this scares me. I'm cheering for Notre Dame. And Marcus Freeman, but Louisville could win this game. Okay. And uh, then Notre Dame has to go to USC. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I was, I was just looking at that. Yeah. Yeah. Schedule's no joke. Yeah. Duff, what do you want to consider? Because they might overlook them going into USC. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and the Actually, USC, USC game is a big home, rival for them. Yeah. yeah. The USC game is a big rival for them. You know, they've been playing mm-hmm. forever. Uh, Duck, what do you what do you think in, uh, with Notre Dame going to Louisville? Well, I think if uh, Billy Thompson and Milt Wagner, if they can get Pervis <laughs> Ellison out. Oh, that's right. That's basketball. <laughs> uh, I was like, where is he going with this? There he is. All right, park right now. I'm, just, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, that's the only way they could win if it was who. Uh, I'm taking Notre Dame. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to turn it over to you, Duck, but I just want to mention to all the guys that we all know it, man, there must be some good DNA going on with the Mountaineers because number 91 – uh, saved the game from this past week. Uh, your grandson, Sean Martin. Did he not? Right. Sean Martin. Shout out. I appreciate it. AKA Leon Lett. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Shout out to Sean Martin, number ninety-one, and yeah. Tori. Much love. <laughs> hey, uh, you oh, look good and, being coached by Warren um, Sapp. And uh, all right now, all right. Uh, <laughs> We got Will Harris sent his stuff in. He said, Ohio State is going to beat Maryland. Texas is going to beat Oklahoma. Notre Dame is going to beat Louisville. And, uh, Tim, right quick, give us your picks, man. This is going to be some pretty good games this week. Uh, I, I'm saying Ohio State. I think Maryland's a pretender. Uh, I think Texas is legit. I think they're going to be a playoff team, so I'm going with Texas. Um that Notre Dame-Louisville game, I think it's a push. I, I think Notre Dame is probably a better team, but Louisville looked awfully good a couple of times this year. So I, I think that's going to be a really good ball game Okay, but Notre Dame. All right, Carlos, what pro games did you watch this weekend? Well, I watched the Eagles uh, beat the Commanders. Um, I didn't like the way they managed the clock at the end. But uh, they pulled it out. I also watched the Chargers and the Raiders, and that was another squeaker at the end um, when the the corner picked the ball up with the Chargers. Could somebody explain to me why he took a knee at his own 10-yard line? I didn't understand that. But um, those were the games that I watched. Um Right there, I was glad the Eagles won. I was glad the Chargers won. But I didn't understand. Asante Samuels picks the ball off in the end zone, runs to the 10, takes the knee, goes out of bounds. Why didn't he? He didn't even have to score. He could have ran down to the opposite three and took a knee and then have his team run the clock out from there. I didn't understand why he did that. But why he's not in that was it. All right. Liar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eagles game. That was a tough fought game, but I expected that. Um, so they pulled that out. Um, the other game that I that I watched was the Bengals and Titans. And, you know, Joe Cool doesn't look Joe Cool anymore. You know, they anointed him ahead of everybody else. Um, and he seems to be fading. Or the entire team seems to be. Okay, Doc. Yeah, I, I too watched the Eagles and the Commanders game um and then i get early on i watched the the ofer bowl bowl with chicago and denver um but you know i had i had the red zone on it was kind of just you know flipping the games and stuff but um it was really intriguing the uh the um 
Houston and Pittsburgh, I, I think, you know, Houston might be doing a little something. I think, uh, you know, Stroud looked like he might be the best one out of those rookie quarterbacks. And, um, you know, I think, I think they might be something to reckon with, and maybe even this year, but definitely in years to come. I think uh, D'Amico Ryan's, you know, got them, got them playing well. All right. Uh, Princess. You know, I, I'm, I thought the Falcons went overseas to look just as bad as they look here in the United States. So, um, and <laughs> that disappoints me. I've never been a, a, a Joe Burrow fan, um, but I've always said they need an offensive line. He's just getting eaten up alive. Thank goodness that Russell Wilson um, was able to come out of that one on top. I watched the, the, the Cowboys a little bit, but my game was, was definitely the the Kansas City um, Swifties oh, yeah. against the New York Jets <laughs> wannabe, and um, and oh, <laughs> that's how it played out. So when did they play? What, what, what day did they play? <laughs> <laughs> you watched it and was making comments, and even in the thread, Tim Moore said that wasn't Zach Wilson's fault right there. I said, "Oh my God, Tim just defended Zach got Wilson." His back. <laughs> he has a best, best game he's played as a pro. <laughs> it best is. game it he's is. played as a pro. Yeah. What you got for us, Tim? Uh, I was I was like uh, like Doc. I was I was doing the red zone thing, and and I saw a few, you know, uh, watched you know snippets of, of several games. The Commanders Eagles game looked like a pretty good ball game. <clears throat> uh, I I saw that early morning game, and the Falcons just laid an egg. Uh, but Jacksonville start, looks like they're going to be pretty strong if they start to keep playing like that. Um, the Jets, um, it's going to be a long season. Uh, uh, Zach Wilson played better, um, but he he threw two bad passes that should have been touchdowns. Um, and but their and their defense gave up some plays that you know, especially early on, that you know were sort of uncharacteristic. So mm-hmm. I, I, they they disappointed me. Uh, Cleveland Browns uh, got soundly beaten by the Ravens. Um, I know Deshaun didn't play, but uh, the Ravens looked really good. Okay. Uh, Tim, staying right with you. Are you beefing this week or are you making us go, hmm? No, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy. Uh, you know, I, 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 I expended so much energy on this Jets rant that I'm going to leave that alone this week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to leave them alone, man. I, I, I'm like Joe, I'm like Joe Namath on, on this on this whole thing, man. With with Zach Wilson, I, you know he is not the answer. Take your fur coat off. Leave it on the sideline. Take your fur. I'll take your leggings off. But anyway, all right, Carlos, what you got? Beefing, I'm making us go. Hmm. Well, just something to say hmm about, and and he just mentioned Zach Wilson, but. You know, I'm not I'm not a Jets fan, none of that, but just really just looking at players. Zach Wilson, like, he'll have a drive. He had a drive last week where he threw four dimes. I mean, really good in the scene patterns. I mean, balls. He'll look really good, and then the next time he'll look really bad. Yeah. But yeah. The, fact, the fact that he has the ability – to look really good, like like Matt Jones just sucks as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. 
He is just not good. They try to hide how bad he is, but he just sucks. But Zach Wilson, I, I actually think given a couple years, he could actually be a good quarterback because he shows the ability to actually make all the throws, okay? Like the, the, court, like the announcer said the other week, he went, wow, that throw was like a Aaron Rodgers throw. We never say that about Zach, about Matt Jones, because Matt Jones don't even get the opportunity because they don't want to expose him to doing that. Just like he threw the ball across the field after hitching there twice. What is he thinking about? So my point was give Zach Wilson a shot. He actually could be a solid quarterback. That's what I think. All right, hold on, Carlos. Carlos, I just got an alert on my phone. Tim Moore has passed out from college. You beef it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I'm going to go back to the, the one of the greatest marketing uh, tools in America, and that's the NFL. And we have not heard one word about the uh, owners and the racist comments that they have made. It has disappeared. It's like it never even existed. And it's what they do best. Uh, they cover everything up. You know, they have marketing about the game. Uh, you can't find it anywhere. It's not in any print. It's not in any, you know, New York Post, nothing. So, again, they've done it again, just like they've done it with the emails, and hopefully the emails will come out. But, yeah, the genius of the NFL is, yeah, they do what they want to do. They, they will always carry the narrative. Okay, spin it, Doc. spin it, spin it. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to piggyback a little bit off of what uh, Carlos said. You know, I, I think it's interesting how the process has kind of changed for quarterbacks. Um, you know, I get it, you know, the now generation and the the owners and, and the fans, they clamor for the rookie draft pick to be, to play. But, you know, it used to be that, you know, they kind of waited their turn before they got thrust into play. And, you know, I, I think that, the problem is that, you know, good quarterbacks make it look like the position is easy to play. But but you would think that, you know, with all the seven-on-seven seven camps and things, that quarterback play would actually be better. But I, I actually think it's worse. And, you know, maybe I'm the, you know, get-off-my-lawn guy. But, you know, I remember, like, back in the day there was, you know, there, you had backups. You had, you know, like when Greasy and Merle were the, for the Dolphins and when they had Stallback and Danny White and Montana and Steve Young. It seemed like most teams – had two good quarterbacks. Now, most teams barely have one. So I, I think, you know, maybe they need to go back to uh, those guys kind of sitting and waiting their turn. Yeah, Doc. Okay. Doc we, there was a guy in my neighborhood went to our church. Brother Law used to run us out of his yard for stealing apples out of his tree. You did sound like him a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Precious, you're beefing. I'm making this go. Hmm. I'm still beefing. I'm still beefing on Taylor Swift. Go sit down. Don't mix entertainment <laughs> with with football, uh, uh, you know, and put some clothes on. And Travis mm. Kelsey, I hope they hurry up and break up. I'm tired of this and how she's affecting the NFL. And Travis Kelsey now uh, has his number one selling jersey and the yeah. most, you know, um, Google searches doing the NFL on Sunday. I'm I'm over that. I am beefing, and I want Kelsey to break up with Taylor Swift. I'm over it. 
Angry All right, black take woman. us out million, million new angry brands. Angry black woman. <laughs> Say that again. Come on, Miss Carl. The angry black woman. She mad because because Kelsey got rid of that sister. <laughs> exactly. She was. She looked fans. a lot better than than Taylor Swift. But that's for another day, you know. Uh, but um, <laughs> and and the Kelsey's mom. Every commercial, come on, she needs to sit down too. I'm tired of her with the half Kansas City jersey on the half Eagles. Yeah, I'm <laughs> over that one too. <laughs> Anything uh, else, gentlemen? That, was that it? That's it, Princess. All right. Okay. So I guess I sound petty at the end. Larry Tisdale, Carlos Bradley. A shout out to Will Harris, Travel Safe. Um, who else we got here? Uh, Doc. Yeah, the West Virginia Mountaineer who's happy. A shout-out to Sean Martin. Congratulations, young man. What a game. I saw him in the press conference, too. Yeah, go big fellow for sure. Shout-out to Tori. Duck Riley, Tim Moore. Um, We'll see you later. Duck, I think I got something for you here. Just because Sean won, we're going to go out in style tonight. Never had it so good. Okay, here we go. Okay. All right, hold up, Chris. I'm a little emotional. (laughs) Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountain, Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a tree, country road, take me home to the place. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.